Welcome to the Apawa Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, visit us on any Sunday or online at opawa.org.nz. The verses that um, were read out earlier from Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. If he was among us now, we'd probably consider him manic depressive or something like that. Frankly, though, it was tough being Jerry. The Lord our God had given him a very, very difficult gig. He was a prophet in the late 500s, early 600s before Christ. A prophet to Judah, the, the people of God. The problem was that the message that he had been asked to deliver essentially was that God is done with you for now. Babylon's coming and he's going to lay waste to this country, this nation. Now, a while before this reading, we know from earlier in Jeremiah that he had prophesied doom on the nation, which earned him a whack across the chops slap across the face from the more favoured prophet of the day and then he was put into the stocks held up for public ridicule and unable to escape it speaking the truth to power has never been particularly popular not now and not then and reading Jeremiah and I'd recommend that you're in a good space when you pick up Jeremiah. You have the sense that he was not overly keen on being a prophet. But he said at one stage, if I don't speak out God's truth to the people, it burns inside me until I let it out. Now, when I was a much younger Christian, I imagined that I would love to hear from God all the time. Now I'm not so sure. To have the voice of the Almighty ringing in your ear an awful lot be quite a burden. Could weigh the strongest person down. Well, when he wrote the prophecy that we heard earlier, he was under house arrest. So things had not got any better for him. In fact, they were a great deal worse because the Babylonian army that he had earlier prophesied was going to come was now besieging Jerusalem, as he had prophesied. Now, being a prophet of doom, I think, will probably lose you all your friends. Being a prophet of doom who has proved right will probably take care of all your acquaintances as well. No one likes a clever dick, then or now. In this even lonelier place, And he doesn't know if he's going to survive a siege any more than anyone else who's there. He speaks forth the word of God. He lifts up his head from the the carnage and the destruction which these paintings demonstrate and the panic, I imagine, all around him. And he sees off in the distance the fulfillment of the long-term good purposes of God. They're not going to be today. 
But one fine day, God will resume his project of saving a people to himself in that place. And I guess that was a message of hope for the people to carry away to Babylon with them. Now at this stage, Jesus' coming is still a good 500 years off. But Jeremiah can see it. And when I read the passage, I wonder if he was seeing a bit of that coming and a bit of the second coming, however many years after that as well. Because it's a vision of justice and righteousness and safety. Well, whatever the detail, it's a vision of hope and salvation that the people will take with them to Babylon. Now, Psalm 25 that Andrew read us, that we heard, was not written by Jeremiah, as far as we know, or with him in mind particularly, but it could have been. He's on his knees as a humble sinner, begging the Lord to spare him from shame. Now, I don't know about you, but most of us, I think, don't want to be the family disgrace. But I imagine that Jeremiah was that for his family. His mother probably thought she was in the stocks with him, as far as she was concerned. He bore her name. His nieces would not have found it easy to find good marriage matches as he was public enemy number one. And I'm left wondering whether his family would have cut ties with him. They may well have. From that place of deep shame, he calls out to the Lord, his Lord for deliverance. He's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. I try and arrive on time to things because hanging around with nothing to do just frustrates me. I often start my day working in a cafe so that I can avoid the morning rush hour and arrive here at about 10 o'clock. Patience is probably the fruit of the spirit that is the least in my fruit salad. So I empathise with Jeremiah his reward for his faithful service had been shame and ostracism. And he must wait to be vindicated. In his case, he has to wait until judgment day because he didn't get it hit that side of the, his side of the grave. It's one of those things still to come for him. And then we heard Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica in what is now Greece probably a small group that are like a little island in this hostile sea of imperial Roman paganism. Not easy for them at all. Because even when things are good, they know that things can turn bad at the flick of a switch. And they can be public enemy number one. And actually, you can't really do anything about it. Because you don't have any power. Paul's prayer for them is the completion of God's sanctifying work in their lives, that they will stand with the saints when Jesus returns. They are urged to keep their eyes on the prize, which Paul in Philippians 3 describes as the upward call of God. C.S. Lewis said once profoundly, we are to live with one eye on the next step we're about to take, and the other eye, if you can manage that, on the eternity 
on the future. The eternal vision gives us the hope that we need just to keep going when we are down, discouraged, or just plain can't be bothered. Just take the next step and look up. And then finally, Luke gives us this vision of Jesus' return in glory to make everything whole and to put everything to rights. Stay true because he will return so it will all be worth it. And each year, without fail, we wait for Christmas to come. It's like a little practice run for us, if you like to lift our eyes up to the hills from whence our help comes. To hold on to the hope that it's all worth it even when it might not feel like it is. So, let's all hurry up and wait for the 25th. Let's pray. Lord, help us to wait and watch for you with the same kind of hope an expectant longing as the children of Israel had so very long ago. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.